1: So put on your tiara,
0: or your evil crown,
1: and join us on our adventure.
0: This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries.
1: Hello, listeners. Welcome to a very special uh, Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries, where our mailbag episode, or as we're calling it, our fairy tale mail. Yes. (laughs) Yes. uh so you know we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now i think how many
0: episodes do it let me look we
1: might have 30 something episodes i know we the 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 specific episodes like the ones on the movies we've done a little less but we're probably close to 30 but we thought we'd spend this time kind of asking for you guys to send us some questions and send us some thoughts and that sort of thing uh you know some calls to our very easy to remember uh voicemail (laughs) um and Also, you know, just kind of do this a little bit. as kind of a state of the podcast and what we think. I've got a couple questions for Tara. Tara's going into this one a little blind, kind of like she did on the uh, Halloween episode. She's got a very nervous look on her face. I'm not that
0: (laughs) nervous. I just like to be prepared, as you (laughs) listeners know. And we have, up to this point, recording this episode, have come out with 30 episodes. Pete's Dragon is the last one. Is it the 30th? Is the 30th episode, which we know is a doozy.
1: Yeah, I actually talked to someone online today who was like, oh, I haven't. Checked out your Peach Dragon episode, but that was one of my favorites and I
0: told you you <laughs> kept getting on me for apologizing to listeners. I knew there were a lot of people out there that really like that movie. That's
1: a funny story too, because a Peach Dragon what is that noise in the background?
0: It's like a plane or something, so we can just it's, wait. It's, you can just say a funny story. Hold on, when it yeah. Goes away.
1: One of the uh one of the things I was also gonna say on our Twitter page, we got That one was retweeted by a Pete's Dragon fan page that was kind of like, oh no. And we kind of had a back and forth. They were very nice about it, but it was still I was still like, oh no, I can't believe a Pete's Dragon person found this. Yeah. But yeah. So um Anyway, uh, so let's go over some of our uh, uh, mail real quick because, boy, we have some really good ones. I'm I've, excited. I've read through them. We've
0: been begging people to send emails, yes. and so we do have a handful of them, so I'm glad that we're uh, reading them.
1: I do believe a lot of them start with like, ooh, check it out, mail. So the first one we're going to start out with is my friend Bob, and Bob is, this is a very long email. I uh-huh. love Bob. Bob was my drum major at, uh, at SMU. I may have said too much about Bob at this point. I hope I'm, I'm worried. Yeah. Um, but, or he might actually go by Robert now, but we always called him Bob. Uh, and his first letter, this thing says, an email? What?
0: Yeah. All right. I already like Bob.
1: So I just finished listening to your Mary Poppins podcast, Greatness As Always. I have a theory that I may have heard from somewhere at some point, but I've developed it over the years. So I believe that the reason that Bert knows Mary Poppins is that she was his nanny at some point. I also think that Bert is secretly rich. (laughs) A lot of my theory is from Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Not sure I spelled that correctly, which is one of my favorite songs from the movie. Also, I'm going to try to not spoil Mary Poppins Returns, but I am going to mention a few details from it. We see Bert having several jobs within the movie, but we also never see him really receiving any money or even asking for it much. I agree
0: for that. With the
1: exception of holding his hat out at the beginning and getting about two coins. Yeah. It seems he is more of a man of the world that enjoys just trying different things. When he's a street musician, he also seems to know all of the well-to-do people on Cherry Hill Lane, and they also (laughs) seem to somewhat respect him more than a typical street performer. (laughs) I, for the record, I love this. and I,
0: I'm so far, I'm on board so far. I agree with what he said so far.
1: When he is a chimney sweep, he doesn't even negotiate a fee with Mrs. Banks. Or not, that I, or not that I can remember. I remember when I watched it when I was younger, I thought it was more of a service. Nannies are more likely to be found in affluent families. And I think this is how he originally met Mary Poppins. In Supercalibra, he sings about being afraid to speak and getting a tweak on the nose from his father. I grew to assume he meant that he stuttered, and his father beat him because of it, dark. Perhaps that meant that Mary Poppins had to stay longer, and that's why he remembers the magic better. Eventually, she had to leave, but maybe couldn't fix the situation as she did with Michael and Jane. In the sequel, Michael and Jane remember Mary Poppins, but they believe that the magic was just their imagination. Also, Lynn manuels character in the sequel met Mary Poppins through Bert, meaning that she may have visited Bert more than once to check on him. The verse following that in Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, Mary mentioned that Bert has traveled the world and met dukes.
0: And maharajas. It's this is doubt, another lyric.
1: It's doubtful that a chimney sweep, street musician, street artist would, one, be able to afford a trip around the world, and two, meet high-ranking people in society. This leads credibility to the idea that Bert might be a wealthy man of the world that just some, than just somebody trying to eke out whatever jobs he can do. Finally, and this may be a stretch, and this is my favorite part. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke also plays Mr. Dawes Sr. in Mary Poppins and Mr. Dawes Jr. in Mary Poppins Returns. I believe the, that Bert may actually be Mr. Dawes III. Based on how how mean the Dawes are for most of the movie, it seems that Dawes Jr could have been the mean father sung about in Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Instead of making his life all about the bank, he chose to see the world and experience everything the opposite of his father and grandfather, inspired by Mary Poppins. Make it a great day, Bob. <laughs>
0: Bob, I am here for it. I am here for this theory. And I love all of your, um, your facts, like how you how you've decided it to be so I love how you broke down the lyrics of "Super Califragilistic supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I'm currently learning that song. Um, for a session I'm doing in a tribute to Mickey Mouse uh, and sharing some Disney songs. And the Maharaja line, I think I never really paid attention to until I was learning the lyrics, Dukes and Maharajas. It's something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am here for this theory. (laughs) I kind of love it. And I really... Like, it makes sense for me. To me, it tracks. Because we talked about it in the episode about how, like, nobody really gives him money. Like, how is he supporting himself? We talked about... Mrs. Banks being weird about, like, why would she just let him into the house so mm-hmm. it seems like she knew him. So, like, we didn't have your theory at all, but, like, we had the same questions that your theory answers, which I also I like. think
1: everybody in the kind of upper middle class and higher in this movie are all weirdly eccentric. Uncle Albert That's floats true. in the ceiling. Yeah, he,
0: when he laughs too yes, much. Yes, Mrs. Yeah. Banks is
1: weird. So, the idea that he and is even, also even a, the bank,
0: even the the owner of the bank. Yes. Yeah. So,
1: so the idea that all of them... All the rich people even know that, Bert. oh, this is the one rich guy who pretends to be poor. Or the one who, are like, just okay with who it. like
0: the black sheep of the family kind but of that's thing. But that's
1: what I'm saying. He's not black sheep to everyone else because everyone... There's a guy who has a freaking ship on top of his house and no one everyone's like oh that's Admiral Boone he didn't
0: follow in his father and grandfather's footsteps and work at the bank that's what I'm saying for Black Sheep what I am saying saying. is
1: that he doesn't seem odd amongst the other weirdos who are also rich got it like if you're rich you get to do whatever you want and in his case he's been like oh I'm gonna be a chimney sweep it's also an unconvincing Lower class accent, so that might be part of his because he really actually talks like this, and mm. so he's having a hard time yeah. getting down the really bad Cockney. I in in reality, I obviously don't think this is true, but this is one of those theories that I'm like, I love it so much. But I'm here, it's for, so it's, close. it's one of yes. those theories
0: that I'm here for it for many reasons. But one is because it all tracks. Like I, Bob, I love that you thought out each detail <laughs> and connected it one thing to another, because a lot of times some of the theories. With Mary Poppins and, um, you know, her being a time traveler. Ryan was saying that she could have been a doctor. A time lord. A yeah. time lord, you know, and things like that. And I don't even know that we mentioned it in the episode, but we, Ryan mm-hmm. and I, talked about it. Um, they track somewhat, but you can find holes in it. This theory, I think there's less holes because you've connected it yes. to all points of the movie. It's and that's what I really appreciate Exactly.
1: It. Love it. It's a very strong opening for this
0: mailbag It's really episode. great. So next up, we had a friend of ours and fellow guest of the podcast send us an article about Mary Poppins that Ryan's going to introduce here. Well, I'm
1: going to go through it and we're going to post this uh, up on the page. This one talks a little bit about blackface in Mary Poppins. With and, the chimney sweep scene. Yes. um, Man, it has been a long time since I've read this and I've actually kind of remembered the bigger points from it. I do remember that... uh a big thing i had with it is the scene where mary poppins like puts more soot on her face i i think that's it talks a little bit about that and like is Mm -hmm. that putting on blackface and is this a movie that uh exemplifies blackface but there's other stuff i read that was a little more interesting there's a couple uh lines in some of the uh the book and that made it its way into the movie mm-hmm. um a lot of it where there's stuff where like the housemaid the housemaid when like the chimney sweeps comes in and says stuff like don't touch me you black heathen and oh. uh if that hot That's and- in the movie? No, I don't know that's no that's in the book. Oh, okay. okay and okay. then uh When he tries to approach the cook, she threatens to quit. If that hot and tot goes into the chimney, I shall go out the door. A hot and tot is a a very archaic slur for black South Africans.
0: Interesting.
1: Now, however, if I'm looking at this again, I believe the term hot and tot made its way into the movie. It's been a while since I've read this. And like I said, I think... I, I think in order to do this, this, this article justice, I think please check out our Facebook page. Let's put it up there. Let's get the discussion going there. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of stuff into this about how this has...
0: Well, and I guess my question is, mm-hmm. in England, were chimney sweeps predominantly white individuals? Or were they predominantly individuals of color? Because I think that makes a difference too, right? I don't
1: know. I don't know how much of that is... You know, like the the 1960s Hollywood whitewashing.
0: Yeah, because that would be my question is because I'm not justifying that language that's in the book, but.
1: It, there's a lot of other stuff in the book that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, and
0: what I'm saying is that language was that all there because there was a presence of people of color that were being mistreated at that time. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And so I'm I'm wondering if then, yeah, Hollywood changed it. In that way, or were chimney sweeps predominant, like predominantly white in England? I I don't know. Like that's where my first question is, and I think it is. I, I appreciate um, it was Amanda who sent us this article. I appreciate that she brought it to our attention mm-hmm. because I do think it's important. We didn't address it at all when we watched the film, and I'll be honest. I have a very naive view of it of they're getting soot on their face because they're chimney sweeps and they're up in the they're up in the chimneys. But I do see the point of like why did Mary Poppins feel that she had to make herself look like the chimney sweeps?
1: I think that's less of it and more of there's a lot of talk about the dance they're doing. All tends to kind of feel very minstrelly, like minstrel songs. Yeah, and that's part of it. And so doing that on top of the blackface, like the article, I think goes into it, it's not it's not just like the Blackface part of it kind of does a more of like, let's look into the racial uh, I undertones see. And then it of brings Mary other Poppins. Points and Mary play. Poppins returns because there's apparently a big number in that that feels very like minstrel showy, but it's, you know, Lin-Manuel and uh, Emily Blunt doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it it's one of those things that I, I, again, I read this a while ago, and I, I feel bad that I got into. This and went, oh shoot, I haven't I, I haven't really retained a ton of this memory. But let's get this up on the Facebook page and let's talk about. it. And thank you so much, Amanda, for bringing this to our attention because I think this is important stuff to talk about. Agreed. Because there's always I I I, I think talk in talking to people about these movies. There's been a lot of stuff where it's like, oh man. Like again, talking to uh, you know someone about the the Peach dragon thing today was, um, they were like, oh, I bet it's culturally inappropriate. And my thought was like, well, yeah, it's not PC, it doesn't really hold up. But it was also just stupid long. But we'll go yeah. into that later. But I think it's just looking at these through that lens, it's 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 art, it's art history. It's it's looking at think, them and what do they mean with the time and how does that relate now and and that sort of thing. And
0: I think just bringing it up and talking about it it gets the conversation going, right? And it gets people thinking about it and yeah. at a different perspective. And again, as we always say, we are two white individuals. And so our...
1: Yeah, we have a our very privileged perspective, perspective.
0: You know, and my naive perspective, as I mentioned, of them being chimney sweeps and being dirty and like from that point of view, right? Like... Our perspective is going to be very different. And so that's why we really do appreciate, for those of you who are on the Facebook page, I think we've had a lot of really positive discussions when it comes to different things. So I would love to hear people's opinions yeah. um, as we talk about the article and, and kind of what all is in it's, there. It's
1: it's a very different perspective. I feel like I've had a couple of, uh, uh, you know, friends of, of color for, I don't, I, I'm trying my best to do all the terms, but I don't always remember what they are. I hope that's an appropriate term um of uh, friends of color who have said like oh when i talked to like white friends like oh i love dumbo and then literally every single friend of color who's i brought they're like uh dumbo yeah. and i'm like yeah i can see why you might
0: have a problem why you might with not that. care for dumbo yeah. yeah um so yeah i i really appreciate that not only she sent it to us but that we're starting the conversation and then we'll continue the conversation on the facebook
1: page absolutely so let's go back now and and uh, we'll we'll look at my friend uh, natasha's email about Dalmatians. It's entitled Dalmatians, but it's about Wonderful. a few different things. She is a uh I believe she's a vet a vet assistant, a vet vet Please, tech. A vet tech. Okay. Please get on the Facebook page and tell me how I've screwed this up, Tasha um just listen to the 101 dalmatians episode my thoughts is a vet tech okay good Yay. we can cut out that whole part where i was screwing it up my thoughts as a vet tech apparently dalmatians were super popular after this movie and overbred inbred mm. this always leads to health problems and can make for a dog with less than desirable temperament and many de- dalmatians are unpredictable I'm not a breedist. I try to evaluate each dog individually, but there are certain breeds that I exercise a little more caution with: Dalmatians, Huskies, Chihuahuas, German Shepherds, for example.
0: I like that Pitbulls aren't on that list because uh, Pitbulls are delightful.
1: <laughs> all that said, a lot of it does come down to the owner and how they handle, train, etc. Mm. Love the podcast. Uh, you're welcome for the email. Tash.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you for the email. And of course, I had to bring it to Pitbulls because we have a Pitbull and we love her and she's sweet. But we were talking about how Dalmatians kind of have Mm -hmm. a bad rep for their temperament. So it is interesting to look at it from that perspective. And I'm sure a lot of Dalmatians probably were in shelters where people got them as puppies from this movie and then didn't want them anymore for whatever reason, not necessarily because of their temperament. I feel like that happens at the holidays, right? People give a yeah. gift of a puppy and then they either don't want it anymore or can't care for it or it's more work than they thought it would be and then it winds up back at the shelter. So I wonder if there was a similar thing with dalmatians because the movie was such a big hit and everybody wanted a dog like the dalmatians they saw yeah, in the
1: yeah yeah i think that's yeah probably but yeah that's kind of a bummer of an email but i'm i'm glad I to know, get the information it's, it's
0: a bummer but like it's very interesting yeah, 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 and yeah so it, it and it it makes sense to me um even though i don't know a lot when it comes to breeding dogs and things like that but it makes sense if you continue to breed you know it and inbreeding is what she said, right? Mm-hmm. Causes the overbreeding and hu- Overbreeding and inbreeding, the higher health risks, and then the temperament changing. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't remember the last time I saw a Dalmatian. Like, other than that, like, a, like watching a dog show. I just had
0: a friend on Facebook a couple months ago, a music therapy friend, who I think they adopted a Dalmatian puppy. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I think they were... I don't know if they specifically wanted a Dalmatian. I don't know, like, the history of... Mm-hmm. Of where they got the puppy from or anything like that, but that's the first time I've seen somebody with a Dalmatian Facebook or in the real world in a long time. I feel like maybe when I was a kid, maybe I saw one. Once yeah, or the twice, same, but. same, same.
1: And it's probably you know I wonder if there was also an uptick because they talk a lot about some of the reason that 101 Dalmatians is popular is because they re released it in the 90s and it like the late yeah well 80s, that's where 90s. all the
0: merch like how I had the yeah, lucky stuffed animal. So I'm wondering and stuff if like that's that. why we remember it because that's
1: our. Mm. Way, way back in the 20th century. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to jump in a little bit here because we do have a few more emails, but I want to jump in with a few um uh, things I've been thinking about. I wanted to ask you, we can kind of talk about uh, with this, with the podcast. Because I, I mean, this I, this, I don't want to like totally just gush on my wife and gush on the podcast, but I've very much been enjoying it. Uh, I think it's been very enjoyable. Also, considering, you know, we're not getting a lot of new Cinema or television shows lately And I think a lot of it is, It feels a little comfortable during this pandemic To regress to something that's comfortable And 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 from our past But at the same time I'm getting to see new movies We just did The Rescuers the other day mm-hmm. And I haven't I hadn't—I uh, I, I, I watch them and I go Oh I've seen this And then about 10 minutes in I go I haven't seen this all the way through Same thing with yeah. the Aristocats and stuff like that So that's been a lot of fun um, But I have some questions for you Um what what have been some of your favorite episodes or moments?
0: So I've pulled it up because I need, like, a visual reference. you pulled see. up
1: our list of episodes? Yeah,
0: i pulled it up on the, um...
1: Well, no, I just mean, like, not necessarily episodes, like, remembering what movies, but, like, what oh. are some moments you remember really enjoying? I really... We, we were talking about this. Our Rescuers one, we filmed at, like, a Friday night and kind of went late and got a little loopy, and I that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah,
0: I will say, um... The ones with the guests always surprise me in a good way. Yes. Uh you know, we try to vary our guests not only their background but their love for the movie which comes into play, but um I've been really impressed and really thankful for the perspectives we've had with our guests. One of not necessarily a favorite moment, but one that I thought was really important to talk about was Peter Pan mm-hmm. as much as that movie is a hot mess. Uh, I really appreciated Janelica on the podcast, not only being a person of a woman of color, but also um, being a mother and, um, you know, how she talked to her daughter about it and things like that. And so I really appreciated that perspective. I I don't know that I'd call it a favorite moment, but it was one that I really enjoyed the conversation and I thought it was important that we brought that. Yeah. too light, so to speak.
1: I want to go on record as inviting Janelica back for a movie where she doesn't have to talk about, yeah. like, where we just go, what did you think about this one? I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Every guest we've had on, I would have back. I th- I, th- I, just have really, and some There's of There's one I are, wouldn't
1: have back, but I don't want to say that. No, I'm just whoa. kidding. <laughs>
0: um, but some of them we are having back and they are scheduled to mm-hmm. be back. Some of them um, we've not approached to come back just because of where we are in our list. Um, and I think, The other thing I really like about this is we're recording a lot of what we do anyway. When we watch a movie, when we watch a television show, listeners, Ryan and I pause it a lot to chat about like a character's motivation or to talk about like a perspective of something or like, what's your thought on that? And do you agree with that? And we don't do it like every minute of every show of every movie, but we do talk about it. And if we when we saw things in the movie theater, um, (coughs) in the before times, uh, you know, our whole car ride home was talking about the perspective of the movie and how it made us feel and, and what we thought about it. And, you know, from different, from different perspectives and different viewpoints. And so I've been having a lot of fun doing that with movies that I grew up with. I think, like you said, it's really interesting to go back and, watch these films again. And it's also interesting to go back because I loved, I'm just going to use the Peter Pan film again as an example. I loved Peter Pan as a kid. I didn't see anything wrong with it. Again, I was a white little girl, right? Right, But right. going back and watching it as an adult and being able to identify that, I think is very important. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, you know, you should watch it if you're questioning our perspective and our opinion on it, right? I, I, think, I think that's important.
1: I really liked having Chris on for Fantasia and his mm. perspective of like, you know, I it was it was one of it was our first guest. Yeah. And so I think it, I'm I'm I think we're having him back for Fantasia 2000. We are,
0: yeah, and, and maybe I, something else, but definitely Fantasia 2000. I think we decided on the Fantasia. Yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, because
1: I think the perspective of a music lover and teacher and on all that mm-hmm. is is so good to have there. And I think now we'll, we have a better idea of like what we want to talk about with our guests. But I think he set the bar very high for our guests. He
0: did. And we also have several guests who are animators and also have several guests coming who mm-hmm. are. And so Marjorie for The Jungle Book, I really appreciated her perspective. And Danny as well is an artist. And so um, just different things that she talked about with The Rescuers and hers was a lot of nostalgia based. But I really appreciated yeah. that as well.
1: What, well, that leads into my next thing, because like, what are some movies that have surprised you? Because that I'm
0: going to need the list. For, so, so hold I on.
1: Jungle Book. It, it's it tends to be a guest episode mm-hmm. where like where I I basically it's fun to watch it with someone who's into that movie because then you kind of feed off that energy of them liking it. The Rescuers with Danny, she she really liked it. Jungle Book, I was kind of like, oh, Jungle Book's good. I think I enjoy Jungle Book way better having Marjorie there for it um any of those um the one that's probably surprised me the most is cinderella
0: ah you took my answer (laughs) no that's fine cinderella really (laughs) surprised me but i want to go back i'm going to jump back for a second one of my favorite moments that i still chuckle about today is our first episode with snow white when we made the joke about grumpy and about him uh oh now i'm not gonna get was it him
1: having Ex-wives? Yes,
0: yeah, Grumpy's ex-wives. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. That's something that still makes me laugh when I think (laughs) about it. But yeah, Cinderella really surprised me. I'm so happy that we we went into Cinderella with a pretty open mind. I Mm -hmm. I don't think either one of us were judging it. I remember liking it as a kid, and we had a friend tell us, you know, when she rewatched it with her child, she was surprised because she's so kind and she is so gentle and is kind of a good role model in mm-hmm. that way and it just it surprised me in so many ways. It was mm-hmm. so delightful and it's one that I definitely would watch again with or without kids. Like I would just put it on to put it on. Did you have any others? Alice in Wonderland as a guest, I just remember laughing a ton with Amanda. I, yeah. I feel like again, the guests are so much more memorable because we have these very unique conversations and perspectives. The same thing with 101 Dalmatians. So with 101 Dalmatians having Michael on and him being a producer Right, of yeah. video games and that perspective, and talking about the animation in the Xerox age and things like that. What I really love about our guests is they bring a unique perspective that we might not have thought of. And I think that the two of us are coming from a lot of these movies in different ways. And then we're also married, so we're coming from it from a similar background yeah. sometimes as well. So it is nice to have that third perspective.
1: Having Breon as, like an internationalist, like like loves a studying linguist, other cultures. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I asked her. To oh, is she
0: it. not a linguist?
1: She studied linguis- linguistics. Okay. Um, but um, she yes, so she, that was part of it. But it's also just studying other cultures. And I forgot, so I love having her perspective on that. I invited her to another one. She goes, "Oh, I'm already doing." She's doing two more, so I think Bree's going to be our most often guest, yeah. which I'm a hundred percent cool with because I invited her to do Brave.
0: Oh yes, you told me that.
1: Yeah. And part of that is because her and I are like both like a, a very very silly Brave meme. But anyway, I I'm excited to have those people on. We have coming up uh, one of my uh, friends, and we're having. One of two more people from D and D. One who's going to be on for Tron, who I'm mm-hmm. very excited to get his perspective on Tron because I think I think he told me it's his favorite movie, but it's up there. And then I'm also excited to have my friend Chloe on for um, Black Cauldron. Uh, Black Cauldron, literally because I went. This is the most D and D game thing. I have no idea if he's going to like it. My point in that one is I'm going to try and get like a, like ask a lot of dumb D and D questions and see yeah. like that sort of thing. But we'll see.
0: I also really liked uh hold on, I just had it in my brain. Winnie the Pooh. St- it's it's weird to say Winnie the Pooh surprised me, but it was one it surprised me in the way of I knew all the songs without remembering I knew the songs. Yeah. And I was so connected to those stories and it was so much more nostalgic for me than I anticipated it being.
1: Let me let's let's go on to another another email real quick now it's funny because i kind of screwed this up because the last two emails are from the same person that's fine but uh before i have to ask some other questions um so this is from ryan ryan is going to be our guest on the who framed roger rabbit episode okay so he says howdy loving the podcast great to hear all the background info y'all look at had a couple of thoughts to share uh this must be an old email because it says George Bruns, not Burns. So he yes. caught you on yeah, that. Yeah, he caught me. I but knew I,
0: somebody would. I
1: only bring it up because every there were like a run of three podcasts where then you went, I forgot to retract the yes. Bruns statement. I'm,
0: okay. I'm happy someone caught me on it because yes. I felt so silly for that one. Um,
1: George Bruns also did a ton of music for Disney live action. When it comes to songs, though, we're getting into the Sherman Brothers territory. So this was from a while ago. Mm. If you haven't seen their documentary yet, it's worth it. They write most of the Disney songs we know and love. So we gotta check out we got there's a couple documentaries we need to just check out and kind yes, of
0: Yes, agreed. We need to um, yeah. do some more homework with that.
1: Uh have you thought about doing some side episodes on classic live action movies like Swiss Family Robinson or The Shaggy DA? I think this is the point of this, and we're trying to, you know, once we get to the end of the list, it's kind of like what is this podcast after that? Well,
0: I would love it to be Pixar after. We've talked a lot yeah, about it being about an Pixar, animation anime. podcast. We've talked about, I mean, there's now a uh, poll, and I think it's pretty clear the winner to do a Don Secret Bluth, M, right? Yeah, to do a Don Blue film, and we may do several Don. Like they're all, a lot of those are from my childhood as well. So I would like to do more than right. just that one. Um, for me, Anastasia, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and Land Before Time are like up there for me as a child.
1: But we've talked. I think the- I think we're steering away from the pure live action because, um.
0: We wanna have the animation. This is an piece. animation one.
1: However, we have done it as mini so there's nothing to say. We maybe do a classic one as a Yeah, uh,
0: and we do the, the live action remakes of the animated classics. First right up now. in
1: first up in my uh, uh list would be the computer wore tennis shoes starring Kurt Russell as a kid. So oh, okay. I don't know if, if that or, or the absent minded professor. I love Flubber. Yeah. Ooh, or have you seen Flubber with Robin Williams? I have, yeah. That's got computer graphics in it, so that might be animation. Yeah. But anyway. Um, Good
0: question. And we are constantly talking and adapting our list and our plan for sure.
1: Uh, Ryan, I too remember many DTV videos, especially ones where Goofy is a detective and the song was Hall and Oates, Private Eye."
0: Yes, I love that.
1: <laughs> um, and then finally, of the movies left, which ones have you never seen before?
0: That's a really great question. Now, I don't know if we
1: can list them all, but the big one that I, I keep getting told that neither of us have seen before because I haven't seen Goofy movie.
0: And I have.
1: I haven't seen Tarzan.
0: And I have, which I'm shocked you haven't seen Tarzan because it's like.
1: It was 99, so I was 17, so I was yeah, probably right at that. Like, I'm done cool. with it.
0: But I will say, Tarzan <laughs> is in your wheelhouse of like the kind of lore you like. I feel like a Ta- little bit.
1: Yes, I, he's kind of that adventure yeah, swashbuck—not swashbuckling, but like that. I, I like, I like the stories, but. Um,
0: Neither one of us have seen Tangled. And that's yes, one that surprises a lot of people. And we've not, we've not watched it now on purpose because of the podcast. Yes.
1: So that's been a big thing is if we haven't seen one, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you have to see that. And we just stopped watching them so that we could watch them the podcast, which kind of sucks because I think Tangled will be ended up watching sometime next year. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So of the movies that are left, I've never seen Black Cauldron. I don't know that I've seen Great Mouse Detective.
1: Episode status is the one I have. But I, I have seen Black Cauldron and I remember finally watching it. But I watched that in high school and it was so amped up because it was that one. It was like the first DG, uh, Disney PG movie and it was failed and blah. We're like, yeah. oh man, it's going to be great. And then we watched it we're like, this. I remember like kind of like dozing off. And have you stuff. seen
0: The Great Mass Detective? Yes. Okay, so that's one I haven't seen. And then I've seen, once we get to that age of Little Mermaid and beyond... I've seen almost everything. I've well, not seen Dinosaur. Well, yeah.
1: Then once we hit Dinosaur, I haven't seen Atlantis. You haven't seen Treasure Planet. I love Treasure Planet. I have Planet. seen Treasure Planet. Oh, you Planet. have? I always, yes. Do I always keep saying you haven't seen I it? I believe so, yes. Meet the Robinsons. Home
0: on the Range. Chicken Little. Bolts.
1: Those ones I haven't seen. And then we're now, we get up further. We have not seen ralph breaks the internet which is kind of crazy which is
0: wild but again now that we're doing the podcast yeah. we've made and an, an active decision to not watch it i
1: love wreck it ralph now I have you so seen much.
0: all of those what i call classics from little mermaid uh to like let's say tarzan i know you said you haven't seen tarzan but is there any yeah, other I, ones in there you haven't besides a goofy movie too um, that you haven't seen no okay that's going to be Aladdin, I think, Lion King, I think Tarzan the bees, was the hard Pocahontas. line of me being like. You haven't seen Pocahontas.
1: I haven't seen Pocahontas. Yeah,
0: so there are a good amount of films that there's a handful that neither one of us have seen, and then there's a few scattered where one of us has seen it, one of mm-hmm. us hasn't, and for the for a majority of those, we do have guests for those yes. episodes, which I think is also helpful. Uh, when we had Danny on for The Rescuers, and you'll hear it, it's kind of helpful to have somebody who has the nostalgia when neither one of us do. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of important.
1: Um, let me throw in another question. I else. don't know
0: who has nostalgia for Dinosaur.
1: But... Marjorie is going to be Oh, that's on right. Dinosaur. I forgot. <laughs> I'm actually
0: excited to have Marjorie yes, back for that.
1: I'm excited to have anyone for Dinosaur. Yeah. I, I, I. Well, let's talk about that. What's the one you're least looking forward to seeing? Or is that too negative for our show?
0: I think it's a little too negative, and I will say... I've just heard a lot of like trash talking about dinosaur, right? right? I think for me, it's more the mini episodes. I'm still boycotting Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> that's so. not a mini
1: episode. That's a full on. Oh, that's episode. right.
0: I keep forgetting that's a full episode. But um, yeah. So there there are mini episodes that I think I'm more I have, not pumped about than the animated ones.
1: I have always been reluctant for the Home on the Range one. I just have... I have heard nothing good about that. But the other day, I watched the villain song for it. hmm And it legitimately made me laugh a little.
0: Well, then... So
1: t- now I'm kind of like... Hmm. Going
0: with an open perspective. I feel like... Open I don't eyes. We'll, we'll see. I feel like I'm saying perspective way too much. Perspective, perspective, perspective.
1: <laughs> amok, 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 Um, What are some songs that you've had stuck in your head? What are, what are some of the earworms that you've had... Watching these movies.
0: Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh. Pooh. I've had that one. I've for the had... last two
1: weeks, I've had Happiest Home in the Hills by the Goggins. Mm. In my
0: I head. haven't because I've they <laughs> never made it into my brain to begin with. Um,
1: I still like that song. I don't care.
0: Cruella Deville for <laughs> a long time.
1: What Makes the Red Man Red was one that I really hated. It was yeah. stuck in my head for a while. Like And
0: when we watched Mary Martin's Peter Pan, the Uggawug, Uggawug, Uggawug. Yeah. Yeah, it's that one was also in my head because it's really catchy. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, there's been another one that I feel like I was singing for a while, and I can't remember what it is now. It's I'll remember it at like three in the morning. It'll wake me up. Yeah. But.
1: <laughs> um, what are what are some movies that you're excited for coming up? Whether ones that the ones that you've seen or ones that you haven't seen that you're excited to see?
0: So for me. I'm super pumped for a Goofy movie because I was obsessed with it as a child, but I haven't watched it recently.
1: I'm excited because when I learned that Bigfoot was in it. Yeah. And I'm like, why has no one told me to this point that Bigfoot is in this movie? You
0: don't deserve to know since you didn't (laughs) see it. excuse me. (laughs) Uh, I will say, for me, it's a lot of those classics that I grew up with. Like, I'm super, super excited for The Little Mermaid and for Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King and Hunchback and Hercules and Mulan. Um, you know, I'm really excited for all of those. I'm also excited to look at it through a different lens, right? Mm-hmm. I think this podcast, um, not only when we look up the facts in history, but when we're looking at it from a cultural perspective, from a historical perspective, um, again, that's me using perspective again a million times, but.
1: Well, I think that's the point. Like we, we, we do both have a very similar, uh, subjective view. I'm trying to say, to come up with a, a synonym for yeah. it. But, and I think that's what's interesting about this year is to hear our friends' thoughts and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and but. we
0: have some guests that are going to be on those episodes that I'm also really looking forward to watching it with them. So it's a combination of seeing those films again that I loved as a child that I could quote start to finish. Mulan, I can literally quote that one.
1: That's so funny. I, to me. It's, it's
0: one that it's, I just didn't know that. Well, about well you. When, we, when we talk about comfort movies right marjorie i think talked about this when she goes through the whole catalog every Mm -hmm. so often she'll watch them all and i think now you know with covid with the pandemic and and things of comfort for whatever reason that's what mulan is for me when i think i've mentioned this before whenever i've had an outpatient procedure or something where i kind of have to take it easy or be resting for the day i will put on mulan and i will laugh and i will cry and i love it and i I just, I don't know why. Mm. I can't pinpoint why, might but that's what a, it is.
1: Might I offer a, a guess? Okay. You always talk about how much you love the, the villains, and we've talked a lot about because the the female villains, the only like agency they had for a long time was, if you're a villain, you're your own boss. You, yeah. Like, you, it's so your you're decision.
0: saying Mulan is a strong hero Mulan as is a is a, str- a hero, yes, yes but she woman.
1: is coming in and, and being a bad chick.
0: Yeah, but
1: that's you know, a good point. I, it's one of the first ones that that does that. Yeah, I, think. I
0: get very teary when. Well, you've not seen it. Uh, there's a part where she's training in the camp, and none I've of seen the,
1: Mulan. You, keep, I didn't think you had. You seen keep it. thinking I haven't seen Mulan and The Godfather Part <laughs> Two, and I don't know how to explain to you. I've seen both those movies. Um,
0: but the part where she's climbing up the pole, mm-hmm. and like none of the men can do it, and yeah. she's determined to do it. Uh, I like it teary eyed when she gets up to the top like there, there are things like that that I'm just really emotionally connected and so I'm interested in looking at it with a new lens from the cultural point of view as well as other point of views that I, I don't when I watch these films and they're nostalgic and they're comfort food for me I'm not typically looking at them from that way mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
1: I'm excited for uh, Raya, is it Raya in The Last Dragon, the new one that's coming mm, yeah. out? I'm excited for us to have a new one to watch out. Although- well, now
0: that's a question. Hypothetically, if things were good and it comes out in the theater and we were able to see it in the theater, which we normally would have, would we not, do we wait now?
1: Uh, this is a much longer question, but yeah. I think we could see it and then do like a quick like you guys like here's our quick review or and something. then Who save does? it for when we actually do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, do, right. it. do a, yeah. Bigger, a deeper dive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so let's go back to to Ryan's other question.
0: Is this the same email or a new email? It's a new email. Okay.
1: Uh, it was it was kind of like oh, and one other thing, have you guys seen the theories about the connectiveness of Disney movies? It's not as solid as a Pixar one, but it's fun to think about. So it's it's a it's a Frozen theory. Okay. so one of the things that it stems from is the fact that in Frozen, when at the end, I think at the end, or maybe it's when they're just bringing everyone back, Rapunzel and Flynn, who are the main characters of Tangled, walk in. Mm. And so they start talking about, well, so that means that the Tangled kingdom is another kingdom different from Arendelle. And it's uh, so then they start talking about, well, like, where do we think?
0: If Elsa, we to,
1: Elsa, and Anna's parents were going. Were they going over to? Yeah, and if we were to look on new, a map, the new princess Rapunzel be born. Was mm-hmm. that where they're going? And they start. There's a thing in here where it starts talking about like mapping out the Disney universe. Because another thing they talk about is it, because Little Mermaid is in, is Danish, I believe, because it's Han Christian Andersen. Han Christian Andersen also did um, the ice, the Snow Princess, the Snow Queen, which I think Frozen is based off yeah. of. Now, if you'll remember at the beginning of Little Mermaid, there's a crashed ship that she goes and investigates.
0: So they connect that ship to so Anna. So they're wondering and... if
1: that's Anna and Elsa's ship. So that's taking part of the same time there. So that's one part of it. Another thing they wonder is what if Anna and Elsa's parents didn't die? What if, in fact, they shipwrecked off the coast of Africa, had a son who was then raised by apes? Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm into it, but it is a little.
1: I've got the whole article. Oh, the other thing is we
0: should definitely post it once this episode comes out.
1: There's a there's a section of it called the Cinderella factor because in the Little Mermaid's wedding, the King and Duke from Cinderella are in attendance.
0: Interesting, which will show off.
1: So that's another thing. Um, also, when she opens the gates and everyone's waiting to come into the ca- the castle for some Aunt Anna, there are two people there who seem to be dressed. Like Aurora from Sleeping Beauty and Princess Tiana from uh, Princess and the Frog. And the Frog. Hmm. That's another one. So the conclusion is: Is Tarzan Anna and Elsa's half sister um, and it's a half brother? and brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's this whole thing. I'll post this article, but I just thought it was just interesting. It's
0: really interesting. I also would love to see a map and see like somebody mapping it's, out.
1: It's specifically like the Caspian Sea, and they talk about like it all yeah. taking place like this coming from here and
0: yeah like, I just visually, I think that would be interesting whether or not it truly connects or not. Yeah. It's interesting to think about where all of these kingdoms exist.: Yes, in so, relation to one another.:
1: So I have one more question for you before our finale, which is one that I think is very important. If you could go back and alter the villain ranking somehow, who would move and why?
0: I need to look at the villain ranking. For Who's me to someone do that
1: it? you don't think is is where they should be?
0: You obviously feel very frustrated about Prince John. I feel very frustrated. I don't have anyone that I feel that way about. So I'd have to look at the list to say, oh, I think this one could be a little higher. But I don't have a strong emotional... I feel it's been very fair, so I'm. I, fine I actually with that.
1: have someone else other than Prince John. This might have been a leading question, where it's like, "Well, here's what I think."
0: Yeah, you just wanted me to ask you this question. Well, do you want to so take Ryan, a look at it? So, let me ask you this question: <laughs> you wanna... Is there someone on the villain list that you think should be higher than they are?
1: <laughs> um, do you want to take a look at the ranking while I yeah, talk about my Yeah, I will. Separate... Here, I will. Hold on. Oh, okay.
0: Thank um, you.
1: I actually think Lady Tremaine is is a little lower than she should be. I don't think she's severely lower. I, I do think Prince John deserves to jump up a few sections because he's in kind of the the, the the lower half, which is a lot of the lesser villains. And I definitely think Lady Tremaine should be a little bit higher than she was. I think she ended up falling a little bit below Madame Medusa, She's and I don't right
0: underneath Madame Medusa. Yeah,
1: I think she should be above Madame Medusa.
0: I could see that. I'm actually pretty good with the list. I don't really <laughs> I am. I don't. I don't. Well, then this not is just me. Because, this is me
1: opening questions for my grievances. Well, and
0: that's the thing is because, you know, most people would assume I'm good with the list because Maleficent's at the top and she's not. Yeah. It's Cruella, the Wicked Queen, and then Maleficent. And I. If you had told me before we did this villain ranking, I would have maybe made an argument that Maleficent should be at the top. But now that we've watched these films and how we've ranked them. I'm comfortable with that. I also, the queen was the first villain we ever ranked. So it would be interesting to see, would we rank her the same way now that we've ranked other villains? Mm-hmm. Because I do think that comes into play. We try not to have that influence our opinion, but it's hard to not compare one person's deviousness or wickedness or funniest, funniness, if that's the, I don't know that that's a word. Um, humor. Humor, I guess is the word. Humor. uh Compared to someone else's, right? Right. But yeah, I don't have any strong feelings. I I'm good with the list.
1: So we, I, I
0: would agree that maybe Lady Tremaine, but other yeah, than that. I
1: don't think I don't even think she needs to be bumped up that much. I just think she could use a decent reevaluation. Mm-hmm. But even then I feel like it might be just scatter and not actually just like like if we just I don't ho-
0: know that if we redid our numbers without looking at the old numbers, right. if we just right now redid them, I don't know that they'd be that drastically different to boost her that much yeah, higher. Right. So
1: Um, so the last thing, uh, we want to do is we want to talk about, I know you guys all know by heart, our, uh, phone number 707-968-7731. That's 707-YO-TRPD-1. Um, it's, it's such an easy to remember phone number. Um, I'm not exactly sure why none of you have called, uh, but we did have one very special call. And, you know, before we go to that, I do want to say thank you guys so much for listening. We got so much for you in the future. Terry, do you want to say anything just...
0: I just want to thank for the support from friends who have reached out to us uh, either by text or, um, you know, the Facebook page. I'm really enjoying all of the discussion and the different posts that come out on that. So I'm really appreciative of all of you out there who are listening. And thank you for sending emails. We begged for so long. So I am happy we got some emails. We would love some phone calls. So if this encourages you.
1: We would love more emails. Yes. And
0: here's the thing is we'll do either more mailbag episodes or maybe... During many episodes, maybe that's when we'll talk about an email or two. So yeah. if they come in a little bit more frequently.
1: But we, w- we would like to end this episode with the one call we've gotten. It's an important call. It's a call that I think makes us all think. And it's a call that I think is one of the most relevant things uh, <laughs> it's we've ever heard one of my had.
0: favorite things to happen yes. from this podcast. Absolutely. And here we go. Hey, this is from Texas. I called try to find some tripods. I thought this was a number for yo tripod i uh, I'm in need of some tripod assistance, so that way I could set up some cameras on tripods uh i I can't be a monopod. it's gotta be tripods um uh, I only work in threes. If you give me a call back uh that'd be fantastic. I don't know nothing about no princesses. Uh, Don't know what that has to do with Tripod.
1: Again, trying to call Yo Tripod. I think this is the right number. Thank you. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries.
1: If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com.
0: Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at trpdiaries.
1: Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries.
0: Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more.
1: Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five star review.
0: Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.